0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Woo! Woo! Well, good morning. Now that I've got your attention, this is Pastor Ryan. Reporting from the top of Apache Peak in the White Mountains, I'm with my family uh, skiing today on our annual ski trip. Family came in from Arkansas and Texas to be here. So I won't be with you this morning, but you're in for an awesome Sunday with baptisms and Brian Carr teaching. Please welcome up Brian Carr, our next generation minister, as he brings God's word to you this morning. That is definitely the first video interview I think I've ever had from somebody on top of a mountain. So there's always a first for everything. Uh, Well, I just want to introduce myself. My name is uh, Brian Carr, and I do serve as the Next Generation Minister here at North Valley. And what that basically means is that uh, as of January 1st, I was placed in charge of our kids and our students from birth through 18 years old. Okay, sure. It is exciting. It's very exciting, um, and it is—it's uh, humbling too. You know, I'm very—I feel very blessed to be in the position that I'm in and to have this opportunity to share with you this morning. Um, I, obviously, I feel like uh, you know a, a huge weightiness because I know how important it is for—it uh, was in my life to have you know good Sunday school teachers that shared God's word with me in a way that helped me understand who God was at a young age. And so uh, we actually have some of my, my volunteers in this room. So I'm about to put them all on the spot. And uh, if you serve and envy kids, envy students, I'm just going to have you quick stand up for one second just because there's no way I could do this without you. So I know there's a few of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whew. All right. So uh, as you can see, we have a good team. But there's still opportunity. So if you are not currently involved, um, I just want to invite you uh, over the next, you know, few months, years to come, my heart is just to continue to invest in the lives of the kids in our church and the students of our church and that hopefully over the course of the next, yeah, decade, two decades, we're going to see uh, an amazing army of little people growing into big people and then go out and just make a huge impact in the north valley for jesus so uh thank you for those who serve if you aren't serving look me up after service you can email me brian at north valley church.org or just talk to one of these amazing volunteers that are seated around you after service we'll definitely get you plugged in Um, we have needs a a quick rundown nursery so if you love little babies we could use you Preschool teachers, we can use you, or uh, any, really any area uh, that, that you feel gifted in. We'd love to get you plugged in. And then lastly, uh, if you have a heart for junior high girls, we actually have a need for small group leaders there as well. So uh, without further ado, let's pray and let's get into the message this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity we have to open it, uh, to read it to learn from it, and hopefully to change our lives forever. Uh, Lord, we just ask that as we um, go through Ephesians, that it wouldn't just be the same uh, as usual, um, but Lord, that you will work in our hearts and that your Holy Spirit will speak to us and challenge us and convict us to live a life um, that's more devoted to you than um, it was today. We love you, we thank you, in your name we pray, amen. So, uh, as the next gen minister actually had An opportunity uh, fairly recently to go to a conference where they were training us, you know, generally speaking about how to speak to the audience that you're in front of. And so they uh, basically said, it's important to make sure that it's age appropriate. And so before I hop in, I want to make sure that the message that I've prepared is age appropriate. So how many people in this room are, say, under 20? Under 20? I'm going to get a little wave all right, all right, how about, we'll, we'll do big ranges, yeah, don't be, don't be scared, how about 20s and 30s, 20s, 30s, okay, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all right, so so the advice was basically for whatever age group that you're, you're speaking in front of, that's about how many minutes, you know, so 15-year-olds, 15, 15 minutes. We got some 80-year-olds, so I'm going to go ahead and go for about 80 minutes this morning. I hope you guys are ready. Um, maybe you brought some five loaves, two fish. Uh, you'll be ready for the this, for this service. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but um, I did want to make sure that as we approached the message today that I gave you guys a good uh, understanding of what's happening in this passage. And I know Pastor Ryan gave us the, the context uh, last week for the book, of Ephesians, the letter to the church in Ephesus, Um, and I'm going to just kind of continue with that, but um, I did want to start back in uh, verse uh, 3, and the reason I did that is because actually in the Greek, you probably didn't know this, I didn't know this, but verses 3 through 14 in the Greek is actually one sentence. And so if you have your Bibles, your scripture journals, if you look at that, that is a long sentence. In the Greek, it's 200 words. In English, it's actually 240, I think, words. So if you do the math, and they divide it in English into five sentences, so that's kind of generous, but that's still like 40 plus words per sentence. And now, I don't know about you, but English was not my strong suit. But I'm pretty sure if I would have had a like 50 word sentence in English class, I don't think my English teacher would have liked that. However, this is God's word and it is an inspired God's word. And so I wanted to make sure that I did my absolute best to deliver it to you today. And the way I did that was... uh, I looked up people who are smarter than me to give me advice. And so because this is a one long sentence, what would happen in in the Greek culture is they would have orators stand up and kind of deliver the message. And we find out in Ephesians 6 that the guy who did that for uh, this book was actually named Tychicus. So this morning, I'm going to be Tychicus. I'm going to do my absolute best to read this in a way that a Greek orator would have read it uh, in like AD 62-ish. So if you guys want to pretend that you're in Ephesus, Coastal city, Mediterranean, temperate climate, uh, you're welcome to do that. But we're going to go ahead and open God's word together. Uh, Ephesians 1, chapter, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. And it goes like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. All right, welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed your time in Ephesus. What I really wanted to do is, uh, the reason I went back to verse three, so I know Pastor Ryan covered that, is that I wanted us to have the correct understanding is that this whole passage, in many ways, was almost like a song or uh, uh, a glorifying praise to God um, about his blessing. And so I titled this message, Hashtag Blessed, and that's not in the weird flex but okay way, that's just in, wow, we have so much to be thankful for. And so uh, make sure as we read this passage and we talk about the different points that you understand that it's all under the umbrella of how God has blessed us, his people, in a super awesome, powerful way. And so we're going to get into it um, with our first point in verse 7. So it says in verse 7, In him we have been blessed. redeemed. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now, if we're going to understand what it means to be redeemed, we have to understand what redeemed means. And basically what it means is that we uh, need to be saved. It means that we are in trouble. It means that we are in bondage. And the word redeemed has this Uh, uh, this overtone uh, or or background of needing to be rescued or saved. And it's a reminder to us about how we have been brought out of bondage. I don't know about you, but uh, I was pretty blessed growing up. I grew up in a Christian home, had a a godly parents. But even with that awesome upbringing, I wasn't always a good kid. I've got little kids. They're not always good kids. I think it's pretty clear if you look at the world, you look at uh, just the news, you'll see very, very quickly that there is something definitely broken, something that's definitely wrong um, with us and with this world. And I think uh, Paul and, and God's trying to encourage us is that uh, we, um, without him, are in trouble. But in him, when we submit our lives to him, when we allow him to work in us, uh, we are redeemed. And so I love... I love. Uh, this as well, because it says, uh, in him, uh, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. And then the next part is, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose. Like I said, a lot of really long sentences. But the point is this, is that God knew from the beginning that something, that, that there was going to need to be a redeemer. And what's amazing and why we should be rejoicing, uh, I should, why I should be rejoicing more than I rejoice is because God set forth a plan from the beginning of time to redeem his people. And we saw it in the Old Testament originally with Abraham. He chose Abraham to be the, uh, the people that were, you know, and his sons to be the people that were set aside as an example to all nations of God's faithfulness. And then we see it later as God uh, gives the Ten Commandments and he gives the law to his people. We see how God wanted to to help his people understand uh, how to live and gave them this boundary to live in. Um, And as we know, that worked not very well. You know, if you want to, right now the kids, they're they're going through all the, the minor and major prophets. And I'll tell you what, you read these stories and it's like, what was wrong with these people? I mean, God is giving them direct commands. Don't do this. And then like the next verses, and then they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And I think, you know, it's good for us to wrestle because I think what we forget is that in our own strength, in our own power, no matter how hard we try, um, the Bible is clear that we will always fall short. We're always gonna fall short because in our own strength, we can't do it. And that is what makes this song and this praise and this part, in him we are redeemed, in him we have redemption, so powerful. Is because God in his infinite uh, knowledge saw uh, the need for a redeemer and gave us Jesus. And so that is something that we should celebrate. Now, uh, as I was putting this together, I was thinking, you know, it's funny because I get it. I mean, I've, I love Jesus. You know, I'm on staff at North Valley Community Church. And, um, but why don't I always live it? Why don't I always wake up every morning like Paul when he's writing this letter, rejoicing about how blessed uh, we are, how blessed God is? And, um, you know, with every spiritual blessing, why don't I come up with, you know, 200-word songs Uh, on a daily basis, and I think it's because the struggle is real. (laughs) The struggle is real, and so my encouragement to us this morning is that, you know, no matter where you're at in your journey, when you came in here this morning, you know, maybe you came in, and you're like, it's Baptism Sunday, and you're excited, and you're energized, and you have, like, that extra, like, pep in your step because you know God's doing something awesome in your life. That's great. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. I cannot wait because we just had a first service and the baptisms were fantastic. But, or maybe it's like, that's not where you're at. Maybe you're more like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but man, it's been a struggle. It's hard. I don't like this. This has been rough. Or maybe you haven't even made, you know, that, that decision. My encouragement would be to take some time today, this week, and just reflect on God's huge plan of redemption, And when you're thinking about how awesome it is that God uh, saw fit to give us his son, begin to think about how in this huge, large, amazing plan, you are a part of it. Pastor Ryan talked about last week how we were chosen, how we were predestined, how we have been um, selected by God to take part in this huge uh, story of redemption, And like I said, if you're not already in that story, get in that story because that is where you want to be. So the next point I want to talk with you guys about is uh, in him, it's in verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So, um, the theme that I've been trying to go through is that we are blessed and the things that we're blessed with are these uh, what's called possessions in Christ. And so like I said in the first one in him we have redemption. That's a blessing. We have this blessing of redemption. In this one the blessing is that in him we have an inheritance. Now some of you are wondering why I have this hat here. Um, it's not coming about to solve any mysteries uh, although no, I probably wouldn't be any good at it. Um, this is actually a hat that was my great-grandpa's and uh as a young kid, uh growing up, I didn't actually get to know my great grandpa too well. He died when I was pretty young. But uh part of his estate is that I was able to get this awesome fedora. And what's cool is it's actually like legit, it's made out of coney fur. You got like is that rabbit? I think so, right? Conies. Um so I mean that's like pretty pretty awesome. Um and I thought it was my phone first second, got scared. Uh and Uh, But the point is this is inheritance is that when we think of inheritance, when I was looking at this passage and I was thinking of inheritance, I was thinking about how God and how, uh, well at first I was thinking about earthly inheritance, about what that means is normally when someone passes away, they get to leave something behind uh, as a blessing for the people who are left behind, for their kids, their grandkids, the family, friends. And as I was thinking about that, I was uh, kind of meditating on, man, you know, Jesus, uh, he, he did leave, he's not gone, he's in heaven, um, but what did he leave us? Like, what is the inheritance that Jesus left us while we're here on earth? And so, some of the things that I came up with, um, and this is not exhaustive, I'm sure there's many things we could name, but I came up with four. And the first one is, is that we have his word. He left us with his word, um, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God and in, in John chapter one, we read this beautiful description of how Jesus uh, created the world, how he's the Word of God, and then we also have his Word right here. And I can think of man, just to start off a list of inheritance, that the fact that we have a copy of this that we get to open and we get to read, that we get to study, that we get to, to, to look at when we're struggling in life is a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing. The second thing that I want to talk about is that we have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, you know, there's this story where uh, he's about to go uh, on the cross. It's before the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's trying to encourage his disciples, you know, and they're kind of freaked out because he's doing a lot of weird stuff, talking about how he's going to leave. And so then he says in John sixteen seven. "'Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. "'It's to your advantage that I go away.'" And he begins to explain to them how he's going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to come and be with them. And you know, when we think about um, you know the struggle of life, and when we think about how difficult it is sometimes to to, to walk according to the ways that he set for us, and we think about um, you know just yeah, just life. How amazing is it that he gave us the Holy Spirit? to come inside of us, to be our counselor, to be our friend, to help lead us in the way of righteousness, to give us peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's an amazing inheritance that we have from him. The third thing is that uh, he intercedes for us. And uh, I, man, when I think about this, it's pretty, it's pretty humbling. Uh, so the Bible tells us is that right now, Jesus is in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us. And what that means is that he is like, I didn't even say this in the first words, but it's probably, he's like the ultimate cheerleader. Like he is up there and he is, he loves you. He's excited about you. And all of the things in your life, the distractions and the the problems and the, the brokenness, he is before the father Advocating for you. He's advocating for me. He's saying, God, you know, help Brian. You know, he's got a lot going on. Help him to keep his, you know, mind sharp. Help, you know, he's constantly interceding on behalf for me. He's constantly interceding on behalf for you. He, um, when I think of a, a, you know, an inheritance, man, the fact that we have a, a Jesus in heaven who's before God the Father interceding is such a powerful thing. And then lastly, this is kind of more of a practical sort of uh, inheritance, is the Bible tells us that Jesus is actually preparing a place for us. And we had our big uh, uh, heaven series a few months ago. Um, but the reality is, is that one day when we, our, our time on earth is done, we get to experience eternity with God in heaven. We get to experience this, uh, this place where the glory of God fills everything, where we're constantly in his presence, constantly filled with just the amazingness of God. And I, I was talking with our students uh, uh, last week and I just shared with them, I was like remember that time where you know, you first gave your life to Jesus and that feeling, that presence of God that was in the place or maybe it was at camp or maybe it was at, you know, in, your, in your bedroom listening to a worship song or We actually had a testimony of a girl who was like washing dishes and was like, God, you know, I'm stressed. And the presence of God came in that place. Now, just imagine that times infinity, like infinity where God's presence is forever. And one day we're going to get to experience that with him in heaven. And so as we look at this passage, um, we see, you know, we see how that is the inheritance that God has left for us. I'm going to read it one more time. And it just says in him, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And that's just it guys, is that when we have placed our faith in Jesus, we've obtained this amazing inheritance. We have his spirit living inside of us. We have... uh, uh, the, his word to reference, to look at, to, to encourage us and help guide us through life. We have Jesus in heaven interceding for us. We have uh, a place in heaven that's currently being prepared for us. If, man, if that doesn't get us excited, I don't know, like how blessed are we? How blessed are we that our God in heaven, that Jesus went through all of that just so we could have this inheritance that, oh yeah, we don't deserve it. I forgot to mention that. We don't deserve it. And in fact, it says, uh, I love it earlier in the chapter, it talks about how we are adopted, you know? We're like the street kids, you know? And then Jesus has brought us in to this amazing family and this amazing inheritance, which is so, so, so encouraging. And then uh, lastly, this last possession that we have um, is uh, our point number three, and it just says, in him, uh, I'll read it from verse 13, it says, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So in him, uh, we are sealed. It says in him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So this kind of ties in a little bit with the inheritance. And so they're kind of a similar thought, but basically how many in here have, uh, have purchased a house? Anybody purchase a house? You know, we have some pretty amazing loan programs now. You can, like, buy a house with, like, 1% down. Some people, though, like, it's, like, 10%, 30%, you know, whatever you put down. Well, in here, it talks about how uh, when we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's a guarantee of our inheritance. And what that basically means is that, it was fun buying a house, but I tell you what, when you save up all that money, and then you write that check, and you watch it just go away, you're like, ugh, did that really just happen? All that work, all that... But what it does is because you make that purchase, because you made that down payment, you are saying, this is now going to be my house. I'm committed to this house. Uh, I'm not going to go put down payments on lots of houses unless you're loaded, okay? But we're not going down that road. Um, But the whole point is that it is a, a guarantee, it's a down payment on the eventual inheritance that we're going to receive one day. And so the beauty of this thing called uh, a redeemed life, a life with Jesus is that when, I love this in verse 13, when you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that seal is a guarantee that one day we're going to get to acquire possession of this inheritance that God has set aside before us, aside for us. And so that's, uh, and I think that that, it's cool because uh, honestly, I think Paul was trying to say that that's not just on earth, that is in heaven. And it's uh, uh, just a remi- one more reminder to us of how blessed we are um, that we have uh, a future and a hope. And I think that, you know, like I said, this, uh, this passage kind of ties in with the last one, but the way we know that, the way we know that we have a life in Jesus is that the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And I can't tell you, you know, I think the place the Holy Spirit works most in my life is probably in my marriage, you know? And I just, uh, I had an opportunity to speak like six months ago on our marriage topic. And that was one of the things I shared then. But, uh, you know, as I was reflecting on how the Spirit has worked in my life, and I think one of the most powerful ways is that, um, is in, in the marriage relationship. Because as you and I both know, is we're not perfect, we make mistakes, you know, and uh, oftentimes those things can lead to conflict. But one of the things that I'm so thankful for is that the Holy Spirit is available. And it's not just in marriage. It can be in anything. It can be in work. It can be in life. But I can't tell you how many times where I've, I've felt like I've, you know, messed up and I've just gone to the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, you know, I don't know the answers. I don't know uh, you know, what to do or what to say right now, but I need you to help give me peace, you know, help give me patience. And I just pray like all of the fruit of the Spirit would just come on. And you know what's amazing? It happens. It happens. And I think that's the thing that just blesses me so much about this passage is that when we begin to understand how great a plan of salvation God has for us and we begin to see how uh, we have this, amazing thing called the Holy Spirit, this blessing of the Holy Spirit who seals us, who helps make sure that we continue down this path of holiness throughout our lives until eventually we're brought into uh, communion with him. Uh, but when we when we get that and we start to, to live it and we start to practice it, it changes everything. And the neat thing is, is that the Holy Spirit wants to do that in our lives. All he's waiting sometimes for is an invitation. Sometimes we get so busy, we forget but I'm telling you guys, the more we wake up in the morning and we have this heart like Paul and say, God, I need your help today. Help lead me to the person that needs to hear about you. Help, help me not to get you know, frustrated or angry. Help me to, to do and, and glorify you. It's gonna be life-changing. So that brings me to uh, our big response. So the blessings and now the response. So ultimately, I, I, I decided that we're blessed to Bless. And the passage of scripture that um, I was looking at kind of support this is actually gonna be covered again in a few weeks, but it's Ephesians 2.10. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are his workmanship created for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I think as uh, you know, we look at this big picture blessing that God's given us, as we look at how, you know, Throughout all of eternity, you know, somehow we got to be a part of that plan. Um, I think sometimes we can get uh, comfortable. I think we can forget, I know I can, about uh, how amazing this blessing is. And I think it's very easy for us to, especially, you know, I think culture plays a role, but to get in this place where we're like, yeah, I'm a believer, I love Jesus, um, God's blessed me, I have an awesome family, I have an awesome house, I have an amazing church. And man, thank you. Thank you for that. Now that's good, but that is only the first step. That can only be the first step. And that's what Paul is alluding to in, this, in the second chapter of Ephesians, is that we His workmanship created for good works. And even in the beginning, you know, Adam wasn't just plopped in the garden and said, you know, "Hey, just be happy that you're Adam." you know he said no be fruitful multiply he gave them the mandate to to cultivate and to grow and to create and that's the thing is that as believers as those who've been redeemed our call isn't to be just comfortable but our call is to go and to make disciples our call is to go and spread the good news our call is to go out and do the good works that we have been so blessed with and to share them with others and guys, it's as easy, we just got through with our, uh, our message series about, um, you know, just our testimonies, you know, and, and it's amazing how God can use just your story and how he's worked in your life to change someone else. We've had so many uh, people, I know, email Pastor Ryan talking about how, how much of a blessing that series was to hear, uh, you know, their struggles that, you know, Bob and Brad St. Louis and Pastor Ryan had and how that changed uh, their perspective and their thoughts about how God can work. So that's the, that's the idea is that we've been blessed to bless. And I, I can think of no better example of this than like the disciples and you know, then Paul himself. You know, we, we look at the book of Acts and we see that as uh, after Jesus ascended, you know, the disciples are waiting in the upper room, they're praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And what happens when the Holy Spirit comes? they become filled with the Holy Spirit, they go out on the streets and they begin to proclaim the goodness of Jesus. And it says like in that day, thousands were added. And then a few days later, more thousands were added. And so guys, you know, as we wrestle with scripture, as we look through the Ephesians over the next you know, few weeks, as we celebrate the redemptive work that he's done in our lives, um, let's not forget that we have been uh, Uh, that we are his workmanship created for good works and that our role is that we should walk in them, that our role is that we should begin to take steps towards um, sharing the good news that we've been given. So at this time, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get ready to close in prayer. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. But we can't do it alone. It's only through the redemptive work of Jesus. It's only through... Uh, the inheritance that we receive when we give Him our lives is only through the Holy Spirit working uh, in our hearts that we can even begin to uh, to do this thing called live a Christian life. But the beauty is, is that through the Holy Spirit we can do it, through the power of Jesus we can do it. And so we're just going to pray. We're going to get to see some baptism in a few minutes, and I just wanna invite you, if you know you've never made that decision, let's pray right now. You know, it's no better time, and I think. Like I said, over the course of history, this could be your moment where God is calling your heart and you become one uh, with him, part of the family, part of the eternal inheritance, adopted as a son or a daughter into his family. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for everyone in this room. And I pray that um, even though it's a long passage, that um, God, we would be uh, marked, that we would understand this blessing that we've been given and that it would uh, not be... You know, a blessing like "oh, we're thankful," but a blessing that's like, "God, I want to do more." God, I want to uh, live a life that challenges even myself and those around me to live a deeper life. And God, as we uh, um, as we pray that, I pray for those who have not made that decision. And I pray right now that they would just begin to ask you, Jesus, "I'm sorry, forgive me." I haven't always lived uh, a life of following you or obedience to you, but today I want to do that. Today I want to live a life in obedience to you. Help me I believe in your son. I Believe you died and rose for me. Um, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk this day forward, um, living out the inheritance that you've given me. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask these things in your name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.